Welcome to Co-Creation Station with Colin and Stephanie, a podcast about the law of attraction, the art of allowing, spiritual magic, and how to enjoy this strange and miraculous journey we call life. Thanks so much for tuning in. Now here are your hosts, Colin and Stephanie. (laughs) And then of course... The funny thing is, I don't edit this, so this is like how it starts. Uh, it just went away. It went away on me. There it is. That's not it. That's the wrong one. Hey, oh my god! I might actually real. have to edit. This, this is real. <laughs> this is be real, man. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Co-Creation Station. Uh, this is the podcast where we talk about spiritual magic, the law of attraction, the mind-body-spirit connection, and how to best enjoy this mystical, miraculous, mysterious, crazy, sometimes confounding, but always incredible journey we call life. My name is Colin. I'm a life coach, tarot, oracle, card reader, and medium. My name is Stephanie, and I am a transformational life coach. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you're listening to the audio version on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and thank you so much. If you are watching us on our YouTube channel, If you feel called to give us a review, like us, subscribe to us, please do so. We would be very grateful to you. It helps us a lot. Um, Each week here on Co-Creation Station, uh, we discuss, you know, I feel like this this part of the opening is not, we we figured out it's not accurate. Um, Okay. Because every week I say we we discuss a different topic. And I think what we realized in our conversation yesterday. pretty much one topic. (laughs) It's all the same topic. Just various ways of speaking about not, it. That's been a disingenuous <laughs> statement for all 20 And that's okay. Hey, y'all, episodes. we are learning as we go. <laughs> oh, so I did want to tell people, um, we, this is, uh, I think this is episode 22 of season one. So this will be our, uh, we're just going to take a short break of two weeks. Um, so this episode is going to be posted live. Uh, <laughs> So two weeks from today, two weeks from tomorrow. Today is May 16th. So today, uh, this episode is going live on May 31st, which is Memorial Day in the United States. And then we will be off. Uh, we will not have a new episode going up on June 7th or 14th, but we will have a new episode available starting on Monday, June 21st of 2021. 2021. And we will start a whole brand new season of Co-Creation Station. Oh my gosh. That season awesome. two. And do we want to say this here? We just want to say that everything we share is just our experience, our strength, and our hope, and that you all are responsible for your own lives. And um, what you hear here, take what you like and leave the rest. And we release, (laughs) how would we say this? Um, We're not responsible for any actions that you may take from anything that you hear from us or our guest speakers. AKA, can... <laughs> please don't sue us for anything. <laughs> don't say that. Just like, yeah, <laughs> you are responsible. We, we, we release ourselves from any liability. You, yeah. We're not doctors. Yeah. We're just we're not, two uh, regular folks. We're not trained therapists or psychiatrists or psychologists. Yeah. Um, we're life coaches offering our experience and yeah. wisdom. So, so if you jump off gonna, the wall or something and break the leg. <laughs> so like, we, we need to handle that a little differently and we will, but I yeah. just need to throw that out there moving forward and we'll figure Hashtags, that out and put it in there. Things to talk about prior to episode one. 
<laughs> which we did have a little business zoom yeah, conversation yesterday and did. i saw it as a note it's like a little sticky note afterwards yeah <laughs> so anyways okay let's <laughs> move on move on all right so um so it is it's not necessarily that we talk about a different completely different topic every week but what we do do is we sort of take a different approach or angle to our ongoing conversation about how do we best enjoy life on earth in this human experience that we're all going through. And, um, and specifically, usually, how does the mind-body-spirit connection uh, work with that? How does the law of attraction and the art of allowing uh, fit into that? And so, Stephanie, today, you wanted to start our uh, conversation from a standpoint of because you've been rereading the game of life and how yeah. to play it by Florence Scovelshin. So and sweet. I would love it if you would plug the other version there that you have. That, that so I didn't know that existed. My awesome sister goddess, Sarah, and I have it. I love when someone gives me a book or I buy a book. Um, I usually write in the front flap given to me by sister goddess, Sarah Granby, fall of 2011. So, so the game of life and how to play it by Florence Scovelshin was written, I think she was, you know, from the 1930s. And so it's very, it's written in, you know, the he form. And so several decades ago, I believe they wrote one, The Game of Life for Women and How to Play It by Florence Govashield. They just rewrote it in the female she version. And it's awesome, very awesome. Love it. If you do not know it, please check it out. Um, I'm rereading it. I have a ton. I'm totally an underliner, asterisk, gal, <laughs> notes. <laughs> and um, yeah, so we want to talk about that. Um, so mostly, for the record, actually, for the record uh, Florence Govelshin was born in 1871. Um, she passed on in 1940. And The Game of Life and How to Play It uh, came out in 1925. So you're very close. Awesome. Thank you. And we're not really going to talk a lot about this today. However, um, what we were talking about in friend time was that about all the things that we want, whether they're people in our lives, experience, opportunities, moments, things, um, how sometimes they come about in ways we would never have expected. Mm. Um, and we're just going to talk about that and I really want to prompt people to kind of because I, I believe all of us have multiple examples throughout our entire life of things like this and yet we don't talk about it we talk about the opposite like what I don't have why isn't it here yeah the passage why I can't have it I know you said you were not going to talk oh. about the book much but can you read that passage? I guess we uh, really are huh it's gonna it's gonna be i would in. like to just reference the part that you referenced when we were in front so i found this um this past week in looking at her book and then going online and this is a quote from her the trouble with most people is that they want to know the way and the channels beforehand they want to tell supreme intelligence just how their prayers should be answered they do not trust the wisdom and ingenuity of god Florence Scovel Shin. I'm going to repeat it. The trouble with most people is that they want to know the way and the channels beforehand. They want to tell supreme intelligence just how their prayers should be answered. 
they do not trust the wisdom and ingenuity of God. Florence Scoville Shin. Yeah, like, so the, the way I think about this. So um, awesome. To, to and true, to, I can't relate. <laughs> yeah, me either. Um, is that if you think about how complicated the universe is, um, you know, galaxies, solar systems, stars, planets, and then you get down to the earth level of ecosystems and all the species of animals and plants and how humanity works with all that and all those sorts of things. And what I, I, I sort of think of higher power or source or spirit or the great universal intelligence, God, right? Whatever, yeah, all these. Whatever you want to call it. Um, as being at this gigantic, massive supercomputer that actually monitors, uh, you know, everything. And basically that higher power is the only one that has been fully trained on this massively complicated supercomputer. <laughs> and when we say something like, well, I don't understand why, my, why I'm single. Like essentially what we're saying is if we could go up into the sky and sit at this computer, we could, you know, run, you know, manipulate it better so that, you know, we would get a boyfriend or girlfriend sooner, you know? And when I think about higher powers, this like very smart super scientist in the sky, kind of, it's just a metaphor, but it's like, oh, I, I wouldn't know how to run that thing if you trained me for the rest of my life. Yeah, that's great. I want access to that control room. Yeah. I don't want access to that control room. I will mess it up. Like, I will mess that up. It's like, think about it if you've never been trained on how to fly an airplane and, and somebody goes, okay, now you have to fly an airplane. Like, you, you don't even know where to start, you know? And there's so many dials and so many levers and things. Like, you know that there's the right. yoke. And pull yeah. it. Like, yeah, I know yeah. that. You pull yeah. it forward. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, there's yeah. a altimeters and all sorts of yeah. things you have to air pressure and the wing flaps and oh that. god there's like a, i think the checklist is like a hundred things long or 150 like even, yeah, like even 200 if, it's like incredible before you even get into the plane yeah. <laughs> and like even if you've been if you've seen the movie sully with um oh right uh, you know because commercial airline pilots are trained on what to do when that what happened to that flight happens but they still, the training is pull out the book and read the book. And he has Aaron Eckhart's character, like read the book, you know, like read what they're supposed to be doing. To make yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it, it seems like a really, it's helpful for me to think about it that way sometimes because that gets me out of my arrogance of like, because they, we do have these opportunities in our day-to-day -day lives to influence things. Like if I'm single, which I happen to be right now, like I can go on an online dating site and create a profile or I can sit around and complain all day. Like that's my, I have that choice. Um, probably going on an online dating site and creating a profile is going to give the universe more opportunities to bring things to me. <laughs> well, it's like, it's like they say, yeah. like taking the action, like, like you say this, I quoted you the other day. Um, you know, I called you last night, yesterday afternoon um, to someone. It's like, Oh, my friend says, Colin says, I'll do 1% and let God do 99%. Yeah. And I, I just love that because it's like taking that action, whatever it may be. Yep. It's like telling the universe, telling spirit, I do want this. Okay, I'm going to do my part. Like what would that, what, what do I, I love taking inspired action. What do I feel yeah. inspired to do? Because then it's more joyful. I'm all yeah. about the play. Um, and so 
and I'll, I'll just preface that too. I'm learning to take scary actions. And I think I haven't taken scary actions before because my greatest fear at the end of it is like, I'm going to die if I do. Oh my God, it's going to be horrible. Um, what I'm learning is no, I don't die. <laughs> I might be really scared and tense and fearful and stuff, but I walk through it. And this is where I get to lean in the spirit. I get to be like, mm -hmm. okay. And then I take the action and I'm actually stronger for it and more confident for it. And I get to see like, oh, I can do things that I'm scared to do and, and, um, and that are for my highest good and I benefit. So. Yeah. Mike Dooley, who's one of the, one of the many brilliant people in the film, the secret. Um, I've seen multiple videos of him where he talks about stay out of the house, just yeah, stay out of it. Yeah. I think he calls them like the terrible house or the horrible house yeah, or something yeah. like just stay out of them because and it's really challenging for us. I feel like there's so much stuff in our culture that's well-intended, but, and this gets into the whole hard work obsession thing of like, that, you know, if you don't, if you haven't been exposed to the law of attraction, the art of allowing, if you, or if you don't believe it, you think it's all made up, you know, woo woo stuff. Um, and you don't really have a solid belief in a higher power that's helpful. Then the culture tells you that it's all up to you and it's all up to your actions, but it still tells you, us that, you know, that we can, I mean, I feel like it tells us we control the outcomes, which yeah, I think is like, it's not that we don't have a, a, a role in helping to co-create the outcome, yeah. but when it goes all the way to, I mean, there's just so many people who say like, well, if you work really hard at something for a long time, you will definitely you know, get this result. And I feel like that statement is really saying you'll con you can control your results with hard work. But the problem is that doesn't jive with what we see as reality because we all know people who work really hard and don't get what they want. Right. We, we see people who work really hard and do get what they want. But then we also see people who don't work hard at all and get everything they want. Mm -hmm. And then we see people who don't do anything at all and don't get anything they want. So that sort of math equation that gets force fed to us all the time. I can't tell you how many times I see it in the world, like reading the news or watching, you know, the business channel or whatever. It's like the, this idea of like, well, if you just work, pick something and work really hard at it, yeah. you'll definitely become successful. And it's like, I, I feel like it's such a disservice. That message is such a disservice to people because what we now have learned through not just teachers like Abraham and the secret people and all that kind of stuff, but like real world life experience of doing it and, and observing the results is that your vibration, your energy, your emotion, your thoughts, all of those things affect outcomes. Um, the universe source, higher power spirit, however you think of it is, has a role in timing and orchestrating things that affect it. So we don't even know or possible. Like we were thinking about yeah. this, talking about this earlier is like Colin's very intelligent, brilliant, creative. You know, I'm, I'm very, I am more, um, I have a high emotional intelligence. And so between the two of us, we could never have even thought of in a million years, something that Colin recently had experienced a few weeks ago. And now and now as an outcome of that, what he's experiencing now um, with the dungeon and dragons and then the whole, you know, um, social consciousness. And, and I just, we just can't even imagine that's not our job. Like he, you know, Julie says, it's like the house, 
it's not my domain. That's spirit's domain. That's um, the universe's law of attraction. Got it handled. Stay out of the house. The dreaded house. That's what I think he says. The dreaded. dreaded yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Apologies to Mike Dooley, the dreaded house. <laughs> um, so now it feels like I want to explain what you just mentioned. Yeah. And I want to say, like, I was just reminded in your in, in what you just said is that that is why we're here. That is why we created the podcast is because this, the art of allowing and the law of attraction and all these ways of living that enhance the quality of our lives, how to play the game of life and win is not taught in social media. It's not taught in media at all. It's not taught, taught at school. It's, we're not shown this unless you were born with family members who had learned this and then shared it with you. Most of us don't know this. We, that's how Colin and I learned about it is just like we, we wanted something, we needed something. We're seekers, we're students and teachers. And so we just wanna share with the masses what we have learned, what we continue to learn, what we've practiced, what we've seen as work so that more people are living a life that they really love with quality and happiness and joy and health and well-being and whatever it is that you want. You don't have to work hard and struggle and sacrifice to get what you want. It's not, that's not how you, we play the game of life and win. Yeah, I feel like there's, I mean, you know, normally when, when this whole thing about hard work gets passed around, um, it's usually addressing the situation of like, it's, it's like whoever's saying it, you know, who's like hard work is really the key to everything. Like that, that person is only looking at the effort of an individual person. And they're sort of like, it's almost like there's this assumption, like if I'm giving a talk on how to be a su successful real estate agent and I'm going on and on about, well, you got to put in the work and the, the real estate agents that work the hardest are going to be the most successful. I guess what I'm, that person is thinking and trying to like guard against is like laziness or lack of effort or, you know, like half-heartedness. And I think, so there's, it's not like it's all made up. Like if I want to be a real estate agent and I don't study for the real estate, you know, licensing exam, then I probably will flunk that. And I won't be able to work in real estate at all. If, if once I get my license, assuming I pass the test and get my license, I don't, take certain actions on a regular basis to make sure I'm available for opportunities that I'm, you know, showing houses or whatever, you know, then yeah. Okay. But the funny thing is I feel like that speech always gets delivered as if it's like this major revelation. Like it's like, like, like a, that the only problem is, well, most people are super lazy and don't do anything. And then B, I have this like super new information for you that, laziness doesn't really get you that much and working really does and i'm always like dude that's like basic kindergarten stuff as one of my friends used to say like he didn't say stuff but um <laughs> you know it's like I, there aren't i don't i don't see a lot of people in the world who are just like giving no effort you know what i mean well i, I think most people aren't lazy or, yeah i don't think that's that is true at all yeah I, I, that's the weird thing is like, so what it ends up doing is it ends up sort of, I feel like convincing people that, oh, I'm doing all that I'm doing and it's not enough. Like I am lazy because I guess if I'm not, if I feel like I am working pretty hard, but I'm not successful, then I guess the only math in the equation is I just need to put in more effort, more hours at the office, more studying, more whatever, 
And what we know now from a health perspective and wellness perspective is that people who overwork and work 60 hours a week and skip meals and, you know, use whatever, no dose or whatever, <laughs> something stronger yeah, to like stay yeah. awake, or whatever, that that's detrimental to your health. Yeah. In the short term, it may get you results. It almost always in the long term. And that's not success effective. to me. I, I don't believe that. Right. And, that, and yeah. yeah, exactly. And it's, and it has this kind of empty soul quality to it. So, well, and it goes back to, you know, what you were saying about, you know, you, you, you can work hard, yeah. but then if I have a belief that I can't yeah. be such and such, but I'm putting in all the effort, it's like these two trains are, you know, one's going this way and the other one's going this way. And I just stay, stay stop it. <laughs> I stay stuck in the same, do I need to get a train? <laughs> I think so whatever <laughs> um so so our beliefs right our beliefs our beliefs have more power our thoughts so i love that abraham said a thought is just a belief you've thought for a really long time so we can change our beliefs well i think it's i i, I agree with that statement but it's also for a lot of us it can also just be a, a thought that you heard a lot and, and it's repeated and it's repeated yeah and then it becomes a belief yeah but i think there, there are several beliefs i came out of my childhood with that i wasn't saying myself at first right no of course they yeah they're usually passed me, down yeah people in the yeah. media or in, or in the culture whatever saying it so yeah and a lot of times we just we just take it as truth and we don't even examine right what we're saying yeah. <laughs> like let's look at this no we won't today but just like do we really have to work hard yeah. is that true is that really true <laughs> well consistent the, regular consistent effort i think is necessary this, yeah this is and that's the that's the other interesting thing is like if you really i've read a lot of business books um as well and one of them that was recommended to me by one of my mentors and it's an incredible book and it's called the slight edge i don't know I'm, oh the, yes the i have that on my show but his whole theory is and it's yes. not really theory, it's really proven. <laughs> Take off my reading glasses. Which is that most amazing things are not accomplished in big bursts of effort. Jeff Olson. What's that? Jeff Olson, O-L-S-O-N. Yep. Yeah. So in the book, I mean, Olson just like has example after example about how most really significant things are accomplished much more by the consistency than by the amount of effort. Like, in other words, you can do something way more if you do it five minutes a day for five years than if you put in like six hours a day for a month. But our society actually quite often gives us the opposite message that like, well, five minutes a day, that's not going to get you anything. Like you need to work hard. So hard work, well, that's six hours a day or 10 hours a day or 12 hours a day. Yeah. And like, there's this impatience with it of like, yeah, so let's do that for like a month and like get it done. Like, you know, almost every diet that gets marketed has some sort of deadline with it. It's like whenever I see an infomercial or an ad for a diet, it's like, do you want to be healthier and fit and leaner in 90 days? You know, <laughs> like, what if I could tell you I'd turn your life around 120 days? You know, it's like there's this deadline on it. And it's like, yeah, like the in the slight edge. I mean, what he really shows you is the combination and Gary Vaynerchuk or Gary V, who who I'm a big disciple of him as well. He yeah. talks about this all the time too about patience. 
our culture just lost the concept of patience. Yeah. Like everything, because Amazon can bring you your book tomorrow, because we have the internet, like people yeah. like, like unknowing. Like, so I'll be at a register and someone's like, oh, this is taking forever. And it takes like, if we were to count, it'd probably be five seconds. Yeah. I'm like, it's okay, honey. Like, yeah. <laughs> like please. Yeah. No, but I mean, it's true. And, and it's interesting because I think what's, I think Gary V actually points out the, the more important problem. It's not laziness. It's that people more often than not are doing lar like doing these hard work bursts of short periods of time, not seeing the results that they want. And then being like, well, I guess either yeah. I didn't work hard enough. So, I, so the only solution is just work harder or this wasn't meant to be, or I'm not good at it or whatever. Yeah, or it know, won't work or whatever. Yeah. So they end up doing these like lots of short bursts of hard work that never pay off into anything. Yeah. And the other thing there is that, that we talked about earlier and you illustrated very well is that the whole focus with that is I'm gonna control results and, results and outcomes by controlling the how. So I'm gonna work really freaking hard for 12 hours a day, every day for three months. So let's talk about some of the things that have come about that we've wanted, whether it's people, places, things, moments, opportunities, whatever it may be, that have come about in a way that we never would expect it. And, you know, one of them, you love Dungeons and Dragons, right? And yep. you, yeah, so tell us about that, how that all yep. came about. So I played, um... Dungeons and Dragons, which is uh, what they call a tabletop role-playing game. Um, if you don't know what it is at all, you should just really Google it because it'll take me a whole episode to explain it. But essentially, like you get together with other people, you pretend you're fictional characters in a kind of uh, medieval setting, but it also has fictional monsters like dragons and giants and all these things that, that you fight at certain points. And I played it a lot when I was in elementary school through... Uh, like middle, junior, high school, high school, and a little bit in college. And then I had many years where I just intended to get back to it and never did. And so one of my goals for this year, 2021, is like, I'm finally going to like get back into Dungeons and Dragons. It's been too long. And um, I, all, I, I, in parallel with this, last year, with all of the social justice stuff that was going on in the United States, all the turmoil and everything in the political election and, you know, just all the horrible incidents of, you know, racism and everything. Um, I've always been somebody who wants to be a channel for positive change in our society in American society. But I also have struggled in certain in the re recent past of like how to, how to do that from, from where I am, from my various platforms of, you know, what I do in my life. So recently I got back into Dungeons and Dragons. I found this website that allowed me to uh, create a fictional world that I was gonna eventually. And I'm gonna pause here for a moment yeah. because you had a lot of resistance prior to that about mm. experiences with Dungeons and Dragons and game rooms. Oh yeah. And, and was kind of apprehensive about getting back involved and certain yeah, things like too many aspects to this whole thing but yeah you're right like but i think i remember you saying prior to playing recently you just started dancing did you do like every day do like a like a 10 minute 15 just you were feeling really good so you were doing stuff that was intentionally doing fun things 
Yeah, I apologize. Like we talked about this in front time about like how you want <laughs> you wanted <laughs> me to tell that story a long time ago and we didn't do it. Um, but I think I just like a snippet so that because then this other thing that you're talking about now came yeah. from all of that, but you allowed and talk about the art of allowing you were feeling yeah. good, you were dancing, you were having fun, just to have fun. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to say that I kept all my books and every Dungeons and Dragons has a lot of books and manuals and stuff like that. And, I, and I've been carrying those around with me since college, um, intending to play, get back into it for, for a year, I mean, literally years and years and years and years having it on my various to-do lists, um, annual goals, et cetera. And for whatever reason, I had some sort of mental, mental block to it. Like I just couldn't find the time or I couldn't whatever. And you're absolutely right. Like, I don't remember exactly what I did, but I know that I was doing some sort of daily practice. I wish I could remember it, um, of just being happy. And I was not, I think how this relates to what we're talking about is I was not, doing the dancing or whatever it was so that I could play Dungeons and Dragons. I was just doing that for my own well-being. And then what happened was one day I just suddenly was able to play D&D. Like I found the time, I opened my books, I started playing. Um, eventually I got led to this website. Which so you've probably inspired then, right? We were talking about inspiration. You were inspired to take this action. Yeah, except even, yeah, I, I would definitely classify it as what we understand to be inspired action, but even that word kind of makes it sound like there was more intent. And No, and, it never you know, is. It part. can be something as simple as, yeah. I feel like doing this right now. That's inspiration. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think probably what happened from an art of allowing vibrational standpoint is mm -hmm. that years and years of wanting to play and not being able to was adding resistance over time because it was right. like, it was something that I would think of, even though I had fondness for it, it was something I wanted to do, something in my heart that I felt like was a natural desire. Now I have this chain of mental thoughts. Right, all this negative emotion, you know, experiences, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'll never get to play because I never have time or I'm too busy or whatever. I don't have people so, to play with, la la la, yeah. yeah. So definitely like when I suddenly recently was able to play and I found a website where other people you can just play with strangers, like almost, you know, a day ahead of time, just schedule something and you can play with people all over the world. Um, that definitely like there was definitely a shift in me where I wasn't doing that negative thing anymore about it, yeah, yeah. but it wasn't because again, it's not like I wrote out affirmations. Not at all. Uh, and I'm that's not really what I'm talking about. No, I'm talking about art of allowing is what you, yeah. from what I know of your experiences that you were doing something completely had nothing to do with Dungeons yeah. and Dragons. It was just a desire you wanted, but you, yep. you had so much resistance around it that nothing was happening with it. Exactly. And then you were over here enjoying yourself. I think it was dancing. It could have been something else. Yeah. But I, what I know is I heard you saying, I'm having so much fun doing dot, dot, dot. Yeah. And then one day you were inspired, you know, you just had this thought or whatever to yeah. go online and then you found this group of people who yeah. were really nice because that's what your energy was you were feeling good you were yeah. enjoying yourself and then you allowed in this experience yeah that's, that's how it happens but see 
That's not hard yeah, work. Think, That's not hard that, work. <laughs> I think the head fake there is just that that I would like people to know is just like that's and, and but also like I need to practice you know it's also like obviously I still need to work on this. this is me we're talking about recently. We do. I do too. Not like I'm some expert, but wow, um, I I will get stuck in the belief that if I if something that I want to have happen or I want to receive, it hasn't happened yet, and I, or I haven't received it yet that I have to do some action specific to that in order to get it to happen. And I think what this example shows both in that part of the story that I've already told in the next part is that it was actually doing something else entirely regarding other things entirely that allowed that to come in. You know? Through the crack of least resistance as Abraham loves to say, it just, just flowed in. Happier, it was easier. always there. It was just waiting for you to just allow yep. it in. And I think that's the thing about the art of allowing, which it's so awesome. I love it. <laughs> this, you know, the film The Secret passed around the idea of the law of attraction. I think enough so that you know most people in my world, uh, on daily life or whatever, if I mention it, they know what I'm talking about. They may have different levels of experience or understanding of it, but they know what I'm talking about. But I think what the one thing you've really helped me understand during this podcast early on in our first few episodes is that the law of attraction is like a law of gravity. It's, it's something that just is how things work. There's that you can't do the law of attraction. You can't like get better at the law of attraction. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to get better at like, you know, gravity. gravity. Like, I'm going to really stick to the earth. Like, really stick it. Like that's sort of ludicrous, but I think that's how people like yeah, I hear a lot. Too casual conversation or sometimes I'll bring it up if if I know somebody's open to it or I think somebody might be open to it I was like well that might be the law of attraction at work and a lot of times people say things like yeah I guess I just don't understand that stuff or yeah I guess I that just doesn't work for me or whatever yeah. and it's sort of like like you say and Abraham says as well it's like well if, if we if we replace that with gravity that would be absurd also like yeah I don't know just gravity I doesn't really get it I'm not sure how to work with it Oh my God. And this goes around to what we were talking about earlier about I have to suck, I have to work really hard to make yeah. some, that's a belief. So here yeah. is a belief now that a lot of people have taken a thought that's become a belief that I don't know how to do law of attraction or law of attraction doesn't work or whatever. It's, yeah. it's been misrepresented, yeah. mis shown to people. And so people have a skewed idea of what it really is. Yeah. And so therefore and that is another reason why Colin and I are here, you and I are here, is to reinform people, give examples, um, because it's how, it's how life is. Like, I want the easier, softer way. I know I yeah. can't in everything, but I definitely want to work in cooperation with spirit in the universe and feel better. That's where the art of allowing comes in which is. the art of that, allowing is something you can do like exactly. you, we do the and that art of is what we do that it. is what that is what we want that's what i want to do on a daily basis moment by moment perfectly imperfect but mm -hmm. to remember get out of as Dooley says the dreaded hows yeah. none of my business how when who where what or what yes just like and sometimes I can even with certain things, like with the tickets I can do mostly with other things. Um, but with certain things, I, my beliefs and thoughts are so 
um, in deprivation, how is it going to happen? I don't believe it'll happen or I don't feel worthy, whatever. And that just slows it down, just slows it down. Or I can just soften it. One of my favorite stories about that, because being a musician, um, there's a story of uh, Sammy Davis Jr. is a very famous singer and actor and entertainer for many years. And um, I, I saw, saw an interview with him um, some point, much late, very late in his life when, when he was doing the interview. And he said that um, when he was a little kid, now, because there's, and the backdrop to this is like, there's so many people in America and there were at his time and years after that in my time now all who want to be in the music business want to be in the music industry want to be singers or in a band or something and feel like it's this impossible journey like you know it's a one in a million i hear people say it all the time like oh isn't that like a really like hard business to get into or all yeah yeah the thing about sammy davis jr is he said he was really distraught as a child because people told him that the only way he was ever going to make money was as a singer and he heard that as a negative thing and recorded it as a negative belief. Um, and he really felt like he never got a chance as a kid to explore like what he might want to do. He had to be a singer. And so he became a singer and he was just like, he's one of the most successful singers in all of American music Wait history. Wait a minute. So he didn't even really want to be, but people told him that was the only way he could make money was through music. Wow. Yeah. That's like... Yeah that's a total opposite of what most people are told you can't make money out of wow i didn't know that story that's great he made you know a million yeah yeah because but he said it was much later in life like he was he was resentful and bitter for most of his like 20s 30s really because he just felt like he what he looked around and saw was people who had the opportunity to have choice over what they wanted to do Mm. and they could do anything and he felt like he never got the choice to even think about like, what might I like to do? Like what he just wasn't allowed to because he he was told that so much as a kid, he internalized it as a belief so hard. And then he realized like in his 40s, 50s, 60s, like, oh, what I get to do is really amazing. And, you know, a lot of people- And want- did he like it? Like, did he eventually like it or- Eventually he did, yeah. And I mean, he to like it on that point. Okay. But he always, I mean, he said it was, you know, it was very similar to like the- you know, like that he had been drafted into the military or something and yeah. that wasn't what he wanted to do. Like wow, interesting. It, he had good experience. Did he ever discover what he did like to do? Was that ever even brought up it, in the- Well, it was singing and entertaining. I mean, he he got back to a point where he where realized was, that, that is was... what he liked to do. Okay. His issue wasn't that okay. he wasn't doing what he wanted to do. It was okay. that he never had been given the, he felt okay. that he'd never been given the option. Okay, okay. But what that story illustrates for me is that he believes so strongly, like, well, I guess I'm just going to have to be a massively successful singer. And that he, he believed that so much. He believed that the way so many other people today think, well, I guess I have to work at a grocery store. I guess I have to be a lawyer. I have to be a doctor because my family says I have to be. And it's like, and they become a doctor and then whatever. It's like, but that they think it's, this external construct of like, oh no, well, I had to be that, but it's all in your head. Right. All in your mind. Thoughts and beliefs. So then you discovered this group and started doing Dungeons and Dragons. Oh yeah. And you enjoyed it. Yeah. So I started creating, I found this website um, where you can create your own sort of fictional world for the game. 
Um, so if people think about it, like this, just these films are pretty famous. So the Lord of the Rings films that came out in the early 2000s, like Dungeons and Dragons is a lot like that, those movies. And you end up playing like one of the characters in the film. So it takes place in a fictional world. Um, like the Lord of the Rings films take place in this fictional world called Middle Earth. Um, so I, I started creating my own fictional world. And what I realized is I was sort of doing research in various parts uh, on it on the inter internet. And I basically, yeah, I basically came across, I guess the way I'll say it is the opportunity, I realized after I kind of had my eyes open that Dungeons and Dragons as it was originally conceived and as how I learned it is very like white ethnocentric. <laughs> Like it was written by white guys for white guys, kind of, and not that they necessarily were thinking that they were going to yeah, promote yeah, yeah. from playing it. Like the creator's daughter actually played it in the very early days. Um, mm -hmm. But in reading all the stuff on the internet, I was like, oh, wow, it really does have this like very like um, specific dynamic to it that is not inclusive that, mm -hmm. that I can see how it would um, discourage people uh, from playing it because of that. Mm -hmm. And again, never explicitly intended, but you know, here we are, the game was invented in the 1970s. So here we are, you know, 50 years later. Um, and some of this, that same, those same biases and those same like, um, doorways that are not open are still the same. Mm -hmm. And so I started researching, I just started Googling that like diversity in Dungeons and Dragons. And it turns out that there is this entire uh, debate in the public about this right now. And the, the, the company that actually officially creates all the Dungeons and Dragons merchandise and books mm -hmm. and everything has mm -hmm. come out and said that Dungeons, the game they make has a not so great history of, you know, mm -hmm. exclusivity and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, use of stereotypes and stuff like that. So it ends up that there's this whole movement and I mean, and it's relatively small, but it's growing rapidly mm -hmm. of people mm -hmm. who love games like Dungeons and Dragons and want to play, but want to open it up and have it be more inclusive and be more diverse mm -hmm. and be more yes. accessible for all yeah. people. Yeah. It's great. Whatever. And so I have this opportunity in creating this new fictional world of doing something I loved as a kid, and having fun with it, but also, which I had been trying to do for years and had resistance and wasn't able to. And then also now I have this really amazing opportunity. It's, it is kind of scary because it's very different than what I originally intended to do, but. Right. Um, um, but it's an opportunity to create like a world, a fictional world that's more diverse and inclusive and, and be a part of this new movement that I didn't even know you know, like literally a week ago, I didn't even know that there was like this tremendous need for this movement, that it existed, that there were right. lectures and articles and papers written about it and all this sort yeah. of stuff, seminars held on it and things like that. Yeah. So now I get to be a part of that community that's going to like, you know, change yeah. and, and all that. And I was just telling you before in friend time. So I had these two real desires in my heart. One was to play Dungeons and Dragons after many years away. The other was to do something to help change the world for the better, make it more inclusive, you know, make, make 
make just help I don't know help humans love each other more yeah, <laughs> yeah. Better term. and I, there is no way on earth <laughs> how we talk about you know how source or higher power has the supercomputer and and it knows how to use it there's no way I could have gone up to that computer and been like okay I would like to do something for social justice and I would also like to play Dungeons and Dragons and I'm going to figure out how to do that on this machine and control yeah. myself yeah into, yeah, yeah. Like I never would have seen those two things going together. I never would have seen the opportunity. Yeah. Like yeah. literally two months ago, I didn't know any of what I just described. You know, like right. so. It's 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 really gets into what we talked about about like. Mirac it's miraculous. Letting go of the how. Yeah, it's. Miraculous. I got two great things that I wanted to do together. So it you allowed. Me. You allowed. You use the art of allowing. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. I love it. Yep. Yeah. It's pretty bitching. I love it. Yeah. And I, you know, I think about, I remember as a child, as a young girl saying, cause my grandmother meant so much to me. Like she was definitely a, a mother figure in my life, which I really needed. And, um, and I always remember telling people, I really want my grandmother to know my child. Mm. And I said this for a long time. I don't recommend this. However, you know, spirit chooses. And, um, but I ended up getting pregnant when I was 14. And I had my daughter when I was 15. I actually have a photo of my grandmother holding Angel. I think she was about two, maybe. And um, I'm gonna cry. My grandmother passed away when um, Angel was three. And so, you know, what I really wanted and didn't intend to get pregnant at that young age. I don't recommend it by any means, but something that I really wanted always was for my grandmother to know my daughter, my child, and she got to. So um, things can come about in ways. I remember as a young woman wanting a job and with, with benefits and good pay. And I um, ended up wanted it so bad. And I ended up getting the job with the post office. And then for years, I didn't want it. And I ended up leaving, <laughs> you know, and, and I, what I can see in my life, when I look back on it, I almost always get what I want. Mm. Um, I remember, you know, I, I wanted the job with the post office I had benefits, it was, a, it was a good paying job, you know, but it wasn't what I loved. There were aspects of it that I really loved. Um, and I, I remember asking people, cause I, you know, I interacted with a lot of customers and just different people, you know, doing this job. And I would always ask people, what do you do for a living? And they would tell me. And my second question is, do you like it? And most of the time people said no, mm. but every once in a while, someone would say yes. And I would be like, Ooh, it was like gold. It was like, oh, I just salivated over that. I was like, oh my God, they're so lucky. Because one, I didn't know what I liked to do at that point. Mm. And two, I wasn't doing it. So, um, and then fast forward years later and I discovered coaching and, and, I, and it was like, oh my God, this is my thing. I, mm. I love personal growth and self-help. And I got involved in coaching and it's been my jam ever since. And so, but I never, you know, looking back in my early and mid twenties, um, I had no idea what I loved to do. Mm. And, and I had no idea at that point if I would ever even know. 
and for a very long time now I've, I've known what I like to do and I've been doing it. So we just never know, never, ever, ever, ever in my wildest dreams would I have ever thought that any of that would have happened. And yet it eventually comes about, right? Yeah, if we don't resist it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing. It's like understanding, you know, because it, it always sounds like such a bold statement to me, which Abraham just says it like a thousand times a workshop and doesn't even sweat it, but like you can be, do, or have anything you want. Yeah, yeah. But the asterisk on that for me is as long as you don't get in the way and block it from coming. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one, yeah. It would be, it would be much clearer if we all had shields you know physical big metal shields and we could see things coming that we wanted and we were like we see our arm you know like knocking the things away with the shield like that's yeah. like oh well if i just drop the shield <laughs> all these things but it's more complicated than that yeah. in terms of how it actually works but literally the action is the same it's like if you just let go and you practice the art of allowing by just being easy about things, feeling good as much as possible, yeah. you know, celebrating, you know, gratitude and, and, you know, the joys of your life, whatever they are, however small, however infrequent, whatever, savoring the joys you have, that, that is you dropping the shield and more of what you want really will come to you. And it does, and it's not logical and it's not like, I can't prove it scientifically, you know, on, on the fly. Um, but I know from my personal experience and all the stories that we've told um, and stories that many, many other people have told that it works, it really works. And if you, if you don't, and I don't, I don't want to say like, Oh, if you don't use the art of allowing, you're going to have a horrible life. Like not at all. it's one of those things like it's there for you to learn and practice if you want to, if not, it's, and it's, it's not for everyone. Yeah. Some people, the hard work and, and sacrifice, yeah. whatever it may be, it works for them. That's awesome. Well, the interesting thing is people who believe that hard work will get them what they want and they really believe that without any resistance, they do yeah. get what they want, but yeah. it's not just because of the hard work. It's because yeah, the they believe it. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Um, and so I just want to say this, the Florence Govoshin uh, quote again, the trouble with mm. most people is that they want to know the way and the channels beforehand. They want to tell supreme intelligence just how their prayers should be answered. They do not trust the wisdom and ingenuity of God, Florence Govoshin. And I can relate to that. They yeah. want to tell, so I, I, I want to tell the universe, it can only happen this way. Like, and I don't even, you know, it's like in my mind, I'm thinking, well, it can have, it, it can only happen this way. And I don't think it can happen that way. So it's not going to happen. Like, like totally, you know, yeah, like whenever anybody self-defeating, I, I mean, and again, sometimes it's tricky, right? Like, if you like, you know, you have a, you have a particular vehicle that you're manifesting in the process of manifesting. And, but I, there are times where I hear people say, like somebody will have romantic feelings for somebody and they're like, who doesn't return them. They're like, well, it's gotta be this guy or it's gotta be this yeah. one. Oh yeah. Attachment. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's another oh, one. I know it's going to be that it's going to be them. I just know I, and it has to be because we're just perfect for each other and blah, blah, blah. Or like people also get this way about jobs. Like, no, I've got to work at Google. Like I've got to work at Google. I have to, there's such an amazing company. I won't be happy anywhere else. You know, they get so super specific 
that basically that I can, it's almost like I can hear it that they're getting, they, they're getting into the house. Yeah. Well, an attachment to who and what. Yeah. And where I know the soulmate that I need right now is going to make me happy. It's like, man, if you just say, keep it general, like Abraham does say, thank you universe for bringing me my perfect soulmate who will make me happy in the, in the fastest time possible in the way that you know best. Like that will bring your significant other way faster than like, yeah. which, you know, and, and same thing. Like if you just say, I, higher power, I want a job that is challenging for a tech company that, you know, is, is growing and is moving forward and has exciting opportunities for me. You know, you might get a job and it might be way better than one you would get at Google. And I'm not discouraging people from applying to Google, but it's just yeah, sort of like, no, it's just an example of hold it so tightly that you're like, it's yeah. gotta be this, that ends up being negative resistant energy. And it actually blocks it more than brings it. So. And Florence Govashon talks about that. She uses the word divine, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the perfect yeah. for me and leaving out yes. the, the hows um, and the specifics and I can't find exactly how she words it, but I love the way she does, you know, she says that belong to me by divine right. And she uses some other terminology. Great book. Highly recommend. I'm going to keep reading. Yes. All right. Well, season one was a blast. I had a <laughs> so much fun every week. Oh my God. We did it. We did it. I never even thought of seasons. Like you brought that up a while. I'm like, oh, we're doing seasons? What? <laughs> I got a weird numbers. I'm, like, I'm just rolling with it. Like, okay, we're going to meet every Sunday. <laughs> well, I did, you know, it's funny because this is um, when I was, not when I was a musician, but when I was a solo musician before I had my band, um, I started a, a, a live streaming show once a week. And yes, I remember. I had to kind of figure out like where it was going to naturally take a, I thought it was going to be taking a break. It ended up being like a multi-year break, but um, I was thinking it was just going to be a few weeks. And I, and I just had the idea of like, well, I'll just make it the way that, you know, TV network TV series traditionally used to be in the United States back in the seventies and eighties, where it was like, they always had 22 episodes to a season. And now a season can be anything, but I was like, yeah, we'll just keep that. Just 22 <laughs> episodes. It feels like, like a good I'm just creative. rolling with it. Okay, yeah. sure. <laughs> so, uh, so no no new episodes for two weeks, um, but hang on. Um, we will be back on, what did I say? June uh, 21st, Monday, June 21st. We'll have the new episode for season one up. Uh, season two, sorry, season two. And um, mm. if you enjoyed this episode and you haven't listened to all 21 of the others, yeah, you can spend the next have time. Week doing that. Yeah, you have know? plenty of time. But uh, I just want to thank, I want to thank you, Stephanie. It's such a joy to do this with you every week. Mm. And um, I You're thank welcome. you for bringing your light and your wisdom every week. And I want to thank all the guests we've had. Likewise. Uh, been for your awesome sauce. Awesome without exception in season one. Mm. Um, and thank Please all- share if you feel compelled to share with your family, friends, coworkers, yeah. neighbors, whoever you'd like. Yeah, just share what you like. We would appreciate that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Congratulations. So, thank you so much for listening. For <laughs> yeah, congrats. Congrats to you, the listener. I bet there's some Shake listeners. your hand. <laughs> there's some listeners slash viewers who may have watched all or listened to all 22 episodes. So congrats to you. Woo! 
those of you that watched or listened to all of them, you made it to the end. Thank um, you. And That's we appreciate awesome. that. So, yeah. Yeah, but congrats to us as well. I think yeah. this is a really fun thing and I'm glad we allowed ourselves to do it. Yeah, it's been cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that does it for this week. Uh, as I said, we'll take a couple weeks off and then we'll be back. Um, until then, uh, we wish you abundance, prosperity, and happiness. Take care, Yay. everybody. Bye.